Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. You should just meditate in that. <laughs> so much. Situation by our flesh, 
by our thoughts, by what we don't understand and what we don't know. And so I just want to care for all my parents this morning. I just want to intentionally pray for you because I know it's not easy when we have to make decisions that we feel like are the best decisions. I'm talking to parents who have kids, right? who want to go to school and the parents don't want them to go to school. I'm talking to all kinds of different people and the stress is high. And I know for a fact that if the enemy can have the stress high, that's his, if he can have the stress high, then you will not make a spirit led decision. You will make a decision that's based on your emotions and feelings. And so I'm just praying today that you settle in the voice of God that you find your strength in God, that you find your truth in God, that you pull away from all the TV, that you pull away from all the madness, that you pull away from anybody trying to force you in to making an, an emotional decision. I do not believe in emotional decisions. I do not believe in somebody else dictating your emotions. God doesn't believe in that. And so I'm just believing God that you're trusting your emotions to God that you're making the decisions that God wants you to make, that you make the best decision for your household and not someone else's household, that God is with you, that God strengthens you. I lift up all our teachers today. I thank you, Father God, that you give them wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. I cast out every spirit of fear. I drive it back to the force of hell from which it came. I, I thank you, Father God, that every constraining spirit and every attack of the enemy is bound back to the gates of hell from which it came. I thank you, Father God, that we walk in holiness, that we walk in truth and that we will not be emotionally moved. Lord God, what are you saying to us about this situation? What are you saying to us about our households, Lord God? And I thank you, Father God, that whatever decision we make, that we can operate, Father God, in that decision, Lord God, in confidence and in boldness, Lord God. And I plead the blood of Jesus over all our school administrators. I plead the blood of Jesus over the Department of Education in each and every one of our states. I plead the blood of Jesus over the governors of our states, Father God. And I just thank you, Father God, for sound governance and a sound mind. I thank you, Father God, for um, authority, the authority that we have in Christ Jesus over our household. I bind our minds to the mind of Christ and I bind our will to the will of God. And I thank you, Father God, those that have ears, let them hear. Father God, let us not judge too quickly. Let us operate in the mind of Christ. Let us be sovereign. Let us be sober. Let us be vigilant, Lord God, and let us do all things. Colossians 3 and 23 reminds us, let us do everything unto you, Father God. Quicken our faith, quicken our mortal man. Let us be established in the fact that you are a sovereign God, that you are supreme God and you are ruler over everything and that you have wisdom for us in every area of our life. We drive out the spirit of anxiety. We drive out the spirit of fear. We drive out the spirit of worry in Jesus name. Lord God, we thank you, Father God, for your peace that passes all understanding and we bless and praise your holy name in Jesus name. Amen. My God, Lord, we thank you for that. So I am lifting you up. I was a homeschool parent uh, for several years. I know that homeschooling is not an easy task and it sounds real good when we make that decision, right? Um, and it sounds real good when people are talking to us about virtual learning, but to homeschool is not an easy task to homeschool multiple kids is not an easy task, right? That's one of the reasons that we're doing the virtual workshop that we're doing that's for free to help you find balance in a virtual education, right? You need the right equipment, you need the right patience, um, and even though the teachers will be there to facilitate it, most of your teachers are not well versed in virtual learning because that is not something that they've had to do. That is not what that, that has not been their task. That is not something they have to do. So we're going to need a lot of grace and patience for our teachers as well, because this is new to them. Grace and patience for our government, government as well, because this is new to them. And it is going to be so important that we submit our decision to the Lord and not ourselves. And if you make a decision that you're going to homeschool your kids, you need to be ready for it. 
You're going to need the wisdom of the Lord. You're going to need the admiration. You're going to need the fear of the Lord. And then you're going to need a special dispensation of grace to be able to homeschool your kids. There's nothing wrong with you making a decision to homeschool your kids, but there is more to it than you just coming and homeschooling your kids, especially when you don't have um, um, the niche or you haven't been there before. Time management. All of those things are in place. So be patient with yourself. Be patient with others. Uh, whatever decision someone else makes, support them in their decision. As believers, we should be lifting each other up. Get the facts and do not be moved by your emotions. Do not be. This, this world is very easily shifted by emotions. Emotions tell us a lot. But you got to get some wisdom before you make a decision of saying. And if you know your nerves are already shot. Can I just be real and practical? If you know your nerves are already shot by your kids, virtual learning may need to be facilitated by somebody else. If your kids already get on your nerves, and you know if your kids get on your nerves, come on now. Or if schooling isn't your thing or education isn't your thing or higher math, you're going to have to have some supplements and some help. You're going to have to have some support. You know what you're capable of. So you're going to have to lean out into your understanding. You're going to have to spend these next few weeks getting the information that you need. <laughs> You're going to have to do that. You're going to have to do that if you choose virtual. If you choose to send your kids to school, same thing. Whatever you choose, whatever decision you make, you're going to have to make sure you have the wisdom of the Lord and that the Lord is leading you into this decision. And you're not making this decision based on your emotions and your own feelings or what someone else or somebody else making you feel bad because you do choose to send your kids to school or speaking death and wrath over you or your household. Your kids going to die. Go get the wisdom of the Lord for your household. And I know many of you have already had to make the decision. Go get the wisdom of the Lord for your, for your household. Seek the Lord and he'll give you the wisdom that he needs. And then be patient in everything else and be loving and be kind to everyone else. When I see us as Christians unkind to everyone else, I'm always confused. I'm, I'm always confused. And so for those of you that may need some help, even if you're not in Arkansas, you can tap into the wisdom. We have the online workshop in which we're going to be offering support to parents, support to teachers, creative ideas, ways you can handle things, all of those different things so that you can do this successfully. And again, it's completely free. There's no charge to you. Um, we've got limited spaces. So get in, like get, get in and get them. And we'll stand steadfast in that. Um, let me read Psalms 91 over us today. Let's take it like medicine today. You can take it for all your family members, all your loved ones. And then we're going to get into the word today. We're learning how to hear God, right? And so today I'm going to talk to you about how do I hear God? Like, how do I hear God? How do I learn how to discern God's voice from mine, right? And all that other stuff. So you can go to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com, register for the workshop. And we'll just help you facilitate through um, what you need uh, for this season. And even if you choose to send your kids to school, we're going to talk to you just about things that you may need, things to help you, things to prepare you, to put you in a place so that you walk in faith and walk strong in your faith, whatever decision for your household, right? So Psalms 91, I'm reading out of the Message Bible, and it says, you who sit down in the high of God's presence, and you know how I feel, I always put my name, my son's names, my grandson's names, Javen, Jaleel, Jermaine, Josiah, Judah, Lyric, Logan, Shiloh, Zayden, and Casey, and then I put my girls, <laughs> my girls' names in there as well, right? Jessica, Shonda, Andrea, Kim, Stasi, Deshana, Ramonda, um, Teresa, um, um, uh, Tracy, like I put everybody, I just put them in there. My brothers and my sisters, April, Adria, um, Valisa, Alana, Rick, Ashley, 
Um, y'all ain't know I had that many symbols. Dwayne, DeQuindre, I put them all in there as well. Cecily, Marquise, my parents, Janie, Derek, um, my just everybody I could think of. My pastors, uh, Canaan Christian Center, Apostle Craig and Pastor Trouble Banks. I just put everybody that's on my heart, right? All LMJ ministry partners, everybody that partners with this ministry, everybody that's on this the devotion, my entire neighborhood, my city, my state, my nation, my world, my God. It says, you who sit down in the high God's presence, spend the night in Shaddai's shadow. Say this, God, you're my refuge. Some of you just need to say that this morning. You know what, God, you're my refuge. And I'm not going to let this school decision or anything else overwhelm me. Why? Because God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe, right? That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps. So even if you make the wrong decision and we're just going to use school as a decision, even it looks like you might make the wrong decision. Guess what? He's he rescues you from hidden traps. He shields you from deadly hazards. That responsibility is on you. When you aren't lead, when you're just trying to trust God, when you're trying to make the decision, best decision, he's going to rescue you from hidden traps. He's going to shield you from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you under them. You protect perfectly safe. And one of the things that I always say is Lord, Bless even my mistakes to prosper. And when I make mistakes, I'm sorry, but Lord bless my mistakes to prosper. Fear nothing, not wild wolves in the night, not flying arrows in the day, not disease that prowls through the darkness, not disaster that erupts at high noon. I have not seen so much fear being pumped into this society. Like it has been so much fear. People are telling you what to fear. People are telling you how to think. People are telling you how to act. People are telling you how to respond. And I know with all this verbal movement, it is hard to hear God, right? God said, be still and know that I'm God. Well, if I'm talking, I'm not still. If I'm scrolling, I'm not still, right? If I'm researching, I'm not still, right? And so his, his huge outstretched arms protect you under them. You're perfectly safe. His arms fill, fend off all harm, fear nothing, not wild wolves in the night, not flying arrows in the day, not disease that prowls through the darkness, even through others succumb all around, drop like flies right and left. No harm will even graze you. You stand, you'll stand untouched. Watch it all from a distance. Watch the wicked turn into corpses. Yes, because God's your refuge, the high God, your very own home. Evil can't get close to you. Harm can't get through the door. If I've made my home in God, if I've made my home in God, if I'm taking my rest in God, if my relationship is in God, then guess what? Then, then guess what? I'm going to stand untouched. Watch it all from a distance. Watch the wicked turn into corpses. Yes, because God's your refuge, the high God, your very own home. Evil can't get close to you. Harm can't get through the door. He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from the past. If you'll hold on me to dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care. If you'll only get to know and trust me, Call me and I'll answer. I'll be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you, then throw you a party. I'll give you a long life and give you a long drink of salvation. That's how good and faithful our God is. And you've got to begin to declare that based on that, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It may form, but it's not going to prosper. It may grow, but it's not going to prosper. It may come up. It may grow up. It may look like it's effective. It may stand outside my door. It may be in my city. It may be in my town. It may be in my state. It may be in the nation. It may be in the world. But guess what? That weapon is not going to prosper against me. So why would I spend so much time on the weapon when the blood still works? <laughs> like, why would I? Why would I spend so much time on a weapon when God has already told me if God is for me, who can be against me? Right. If God is for me, if my heart and my affection is towards the Lord, why am I spending so much time on the devices and the weapons and the evilness? You do you. Can I tell you something? You shouldn't even bow down or lower yourself to the weapon. 
You shouldn't even bow down or lower yourself to the standard. I was talking to someone the other day and they were telling me someone had attacked them on social media. And they said, uh, they said, your face came before me. Like, don't even address that. And I said, I, I got tickled because that's really my mentality. Some things don't even need to be addressed because the enemy loves for us to address things. He loves like the enemy loves for us to address things that God has already handled and God has already taken care of. So if God has already handled and God has my back and God is already taking care of it, why am I addressing things that are beneath me to address when they are things that God has already handled? He's already told me he's a way maker. He's already told me he's provider. He's already told me he'll make a will when there is no will. He has already told me no weapon formed against me shall prosper. He has already told me there is safety for me in his hands. He has already told me no, no disease, no plague shall come near my dwelling. He has already told me that, but he's also confirmed for me that even if death knocks at my door, if you didn't see the devotional yesterday, you need to go watch it. He's already confirmed for me that if death knocks at my door, it doesn't matter. That even if death is knocking at my door, this isn't my final rate resting place. And when I take possession over the truth of my righteousness, I'm trying, if I, when I take possession over the truth of my righteousness, right? If I, if I take possession over the truth of what Jesus did for me, if I take possession over the truth of what the Lord has said about me, if I take possession, if I grab hold of it, if I, if I make it standing in my life, if I make the word standing in my life, if I grasp what the word says and I'm eating this word day and night and I'm letting it be sweet to me, right? And I'm understanding that God is for me. And if God is for me, who else can be against me? And I take possession of that in my life. You'll stop bowing down to an enemy that has absolutely no authority over you. That has no, has no, has no authority over you, has no, you'll start getting, stop getting caught up in all of this mess and all of these distractions. You, you will stand still in the principles. You'll stand still in the truth. And then God will talk to you and tell you how to advance. He will, he'll begin to tell you the strategies of what you need to know next but you don't bow down to the situation. You don't bow down to something. You don't bow down to mockery. You don't bow down to bribery. You don't bow down to racism. You don't come off your throne to handle what's already been handled. When God has already said, when there's unrighteous legislation in the right house, then my end time judgment is righteous righteousness toward that. I'm already saying if there is righteous anywhere, if there is righteous, he has been known that when there is an unrighteous government, right? I'm not calling our government unrighteous. I'm saying, but he has made it known that when there is an unrighteous leadership or an unrighteous government or something that is not of his will, he is going to judge rightly. He is going to judge rightly. He is going to deal with this. He'll deal with it in a shift. He'll put it in a perspective. He'll raise up a Moses. He's going to do all the things that he needs to be in place. But what we cannot do is be moved by anything we see. You are not, media is not going to emotionally control me. I'm sorry. I'm over that. Um, that's why I don't subscribe to a lot. That's why I don't read a lot. Media is not because media will have you in an emotional, you'll be on an emotional roller coaster. You'll be in faith today. You'll be out of faith tomorrow. You'll be cool today. You'll be cool. You won't be cool tomorrow. You'll be emotionally up and down, right? And the enemy loves to provoke us so that we get out of faith. And so we take a position or a stance that doesn't even belong to God. Are we going to have to come against racism? Absolutely. Are we going to have to come against unrighteous laws? Absolutely. But the thing is to make decisions that are not emotionally moved decisions that, that, that make sense, decisions that make change decisions that make impact. Right. But most of us have been such on an emotional roller coaster for the most of our lives because that's what people told us. They taught us to put, put, to respond to things emotionally instead of responding to things in truth. Right. And so when we hold on to our righteousness, baby, we don't, we don't, you don't, you don't get off your throne. You don't, you don't come. I used to respond to everything. I used to have to, I used to, I, I've been going back looking at some of my emotional posts 
And I was like, what was I doing? I used to respond to everything emotionally. And now it's like, I'm not getting off my throne for this. Daddy God, you contend with those who contend with me. You deal with those, you deal with those that deal with me. You contend with those that contend with me because you already promised me no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You already said that to me. And so if you told me no weapon formed against me, let me be quiet, let me get still. And then you give me the strategies, the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding for what I need to do next. Let me not do this. Let me not be wise in our own ways. So Father, so Father, we thank you, Father God, for equipping us in your word, giving us the strategies, right? And the wisdom and the knowledge we need to deal with all things in truth in Jesus name. Amen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in our sight. Lord God, you are my strength and you are my redeemer, right? So let's get into how to hear God. Um, it is, it is, it is so much to this when we start talking about hearing God. And yesterday we talked about Jesus being your shepherd, right? And so when we look at Jesus being our shepherd, it means he wants to lead us into all truth. He wants us to walk in the truth of our righteousness. He wants us to understand how divine we are. Jesus didn't come to take stuff from us. He came to us to reveal the truth to us so that we could understand our divine inheritance. So that we could understand our divine inheritance so that we could understand who we were because we've been pulled in so many different directions. Culture has impacted us. Um, religious over overtures have impacted us. Um, family relationships have impacted us. All these things came at us. Most of us at a very pure age to extract from us, right? Um, the things that are supposed to be pure and how we're supposed to love God and the purity of our relationship with God. And so Jesus came to restore the purity of the relationship. That's the point of Jesus, right? That's the point of Jesus. That's the point of the death, right? So that we could have everlasting life so that our relationship could, could be restored so that we could be led and got guided towards our final resting place. And also so that we can walk in the fullness of who we are along the way. Right. And so Jesus called us to himself. And when he calls us to himself, he's calling us his sheep, right? We talked about him being a sheep because he said, he knows our voice. He, we know his voice. And so as he is our good shepherd, then we have to learn how to respond to him and how we respond to him is by obeying him. But we have to make a decision to respond like we have to make a decision. You know what, God, I want to be led by you. I want to hear you. I was praying this week and telling God, I need to be able to hear you at levels that I have not heard you before. Right. I need you to be able to hear you at levels that I haven't heard you before. I don't need to think that I heard you. I need to know that I heard you. I need to know that this is what you said. I need to know that this is what you're telling me to do. I need to know that this is the route and the way. Right. Because there's a way that seems right. There's a way that seems right. And we know that path can be very, very wide, right? There's a way that seems right. There's a popular path that'll seem right, but that it's not from God. Right. And so in order for us to be able to walk in the truth, we've got to know to hear God. John 10 and 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Well, one, in order for me to be a sheep, I've got to submit and surrender to the sheep shepherd. Okay, Lord, I'm submitting and surrendering. When I accept Jesus Christ as Lord and savior, I'm submitting and I'm surrendering myself to you. Right. And so, and they know me and I know them. So if I know them, I know them, he knows me. And then they follow me. If anything is disrupting me from following me, following him, it's only because I'm not hearing his ver his voice. Right. Romans 10 and 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And so how do I hear God's voice. The very first thing that needs to be established is that God does not speak to us in our flesh. God does not. If you, if, if you have been trying to fleshly 
discern the voice of the Lord from yours. When I was talking to someone the other day and they just kept saying, my mind can't wrap around it. And I said, because your mind wasn't created to commune with God, it's your spirit that communes with God. That's why you got to keep your spirit pure. That's why you can't allow toxic things in your spirit, in your, your body, in your mind, in your ear gate, in your eye gate, because it will confuse you, right? God doesn't speak to your flesh. God doesn't speak to us in our mental capacity. God speaks to us through a spirit. Remember one of our springboard scriptures for this devotional is first Corinthians two sixteen. The spiritual man judges all things, but he himself is not subject to anyone's judgment for who has known the mind of the Lord. So as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ, right? So if we're going to discern, we've got to know, we've got to know, right? Um, the 14 verses, the natural man does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So God is not speaking to you in your flesh in your brain. That's not how God speaks to you. God speaks to you through your spirit, right? And so the average, just realistically, the average Christian really has a hard time hearing the voice of God, but that was not God. God did not set it up um, for you not to be able to hear him. The enemy does not want you to be able to hear God, right? Um, he doesn't want you to be able to discern the voice of God because he knows once you can discern the voice of God, you're going to be a bad chick. You're going to be a bad brother. Like once you can discern the voice of God between your own, between your flesh, man, you're going to be a bad, you're going to be bad. You're going to be, he knows the enemy knows it. And so he fights us consistently so that we do not hear or we're able to discern the voice of God. And remember last week we learned about managing our emotions and we saw how Lot allowed his emotions to lead him to desires that weren't from God. And remember, we saw how um, we saw how Abraham, Abram, because he wasn't Abraham yet. Abram made a decision to have Sarah lie because of the fear that he had that he was going to be killed, even though God had already told him he was going to be OK. Right. And so we have to learn how to really distinguish God's voice and God's voice is invaluable to us. Right. Right. We cannot go through life blindly. We've got to have the wisdom of God to guide us and to protect us. Right. And if can I just tell you something? One word from God will transform your life. One, one word, one word, one word, one decision, one word from God. When God told me to tell me to leave, right? When, when God, when God told me to tell me to leave, leave my job, that one decision would change my entire life. But that was God's decision for me. And I had to know that I know that I know that I know that I know. And so you're, you're going to receive God by the spirit. It is not that God is not talking. It's not that it's, it's, we're not listening. God speaks all the time. We're just not listening. John 10, three and five. He said, this is, this is what he's saying about himself as the shepherd of the sheep. He said to him, the porter openeth and the sheep hear his voice and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And when he put forth his own sheep, he goeth before him and the sheep follow him for they know his voice and a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. We need to be very clear in this. He did not say the sheep, sheep can hear his voice. He did not say the sheep should hear his voice. He is very diligent in saying that his sheep do hear his voice. And so if I'm not hearing the voice of God, I may have a, I may, I may have a problem in being shepherded. I may not be sitting still enough to hear God. There's so much that goes in there, right? I may be having a hard time being led by God, right? So I do hear the voice of God. I'm supposed to hear the voice of God, right? And people will try to say, oh my God, because I haven't experienced hearing the voice of God, I'll try to tell you that that doesn't line up, but he is true to his word and saying, no, my sheep know my voice above everybody else. And so if I'm not able to discern the voice of God, I need to check my relationship with the shepherd. 
I got to check my relationship. I got to, I got to check my, because he's constantly transmitting his voice. He's constantly talking to us, but I've got to be tuned in. And so if I'm not hearing the voice of God, I got to ask myself, what other things am I tuned into? What, what other things have my attention? If I'm in a crisis situation, what should have my attention? If I need to hear God speak, right? And what should have my attention? If I need to hear God speak, if I need wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, what should have my attention? Well, if something else has my attention, it's not that God is, isn't speaking. It's that I'm not tuned in. I'm not, I'm not tuned in. So it's our personal responsibility to fix our receivers. I need to fix my receiver. I need to adjust myself. I need to place myself in a position so I can hear God. How do I hear God? How do I understand how? And we're going to deal with how in two ways. How can I? And then how does he speak to me? Right? We're not rushing this. How do I hear God? One, I'm going to have to be still. <laughs> I'm going to have to be still. Psalms 46 10 says, be still and know I'm God. <laughs> Like I'm going to have to be still. I'm not going to be big. I'm not going to be able to be busy. God speaks to us in a still small voice. He speaks to us. And, to, and so a lot of times because I'm so busy, cause I'm so moving, cause I'm so talking. Can I just be transparent? My problem used to be talking. I used to like to talk a lot. I used to feel like I had to talk all the time. I still fight it in some spaces. I would talk in my nervousness, right? I would talk when I was trying to prove I was important. I would always be talking. I would always have so much to say, right? I would always have so much to say. And that in that I'm not being quiet. I'm not, I'm not grasping the wisdom I need. I'm not grasping the knowledge. When I would get in front of my mentors and greats, instead of listening to the wisdom they may have for me, I would just be in front of them da 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 and da 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 and this is what I saw and this is what I showed and da 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 da, da. and the Lord starts saying hush <laughs> you cannot hear me because you talking so much you are leaning into your own understanding and I'm talking about I'm in the word not day and night I'm meditating on the word day and night but I'm still missing a key component which is I'm talking too much <laughs> like I'm talking too much and God talks in a still voice right and sometimes he yells because he's yelled at me before, but it's a different kind of yell. But I can't hear him if I'm drowned out above all the noise, right? That's why I remember when we were on the devotional, one time God said, when we got off the devotional, stop rushing to your next move. Stop rushing to the next things. Asking God, you know what? Is there something else you want me to chew on? I had to go back last night and play last night's devotional and listen to it again. And I was getting revelation again from what I taught. God, stop running to the next thing, right? Stop running to hear all these different things. Stop eating all over the place. Like settle yourself down Ask. there's nothing that you have to do. That's more important than your relationship with God, right? How I hear God is very personal. And so I've got to, I've got to, I got to be quiet, right? Then the next thing that we do is we often mistake the voice of the Lord for our own thoughts, right? Right. The voice of the Lord comes to us in our own thoughts, right? And so we often mistake the voice of the Lord for our own thoughts. John 4 and 24 says, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship here in spirit, in truth. So we communicate with God again, spirit to spirit, spirit to spirit. We don't com communicate to God brain to brain or mouth to ear. We communicate. We don't communicate with God in the physical realm. It doesn't mean now I'm going to show you some things on the how, but we don't communicate with him in the physical realm. God is a spirit and they that worship him, worship him in spirit and truth. So when God speaks to us, God speaks to us through a spirit. When people ask me all the time, how did you know it was time to leave your job? This was actually the third time that God tried to get me to leave my job. 
This was the third round. Can I be honest? Can I be real? This was the third round, but because I didn't know how to discern his voice, right? Um, because, um, I had not learned to discern his voice. The first two times he tried to get me to leave my job. I rationalized myself out of it, right? I talked myself out of it. I did not quickly obey him. The third time I was in a situation where it was just me and God, my husband had died. I was spending a whole lot of time by myself. I was spending a whole lot of time in his word. So when he talked to me about leaving my teaching position, I was in a position in a place where I could hear him, right? I could hear him. The Lord doesn't typically say to us, do this or do that. It doesn't sound like that. What he does is he presses something into our spirit, right? And I'm going to tell you all the different ways he presses something in our spirit. He presses something in our spirit. So when God talked to me about leaving my job, I asked the Lord, can you back this up in the word? Can you confirm this for me? Right. And I had not told anybody I wasn't rambling because if you try to emotionally discern it, you'll start going to search and look for answers through people. So I decided I'm not getting ready to go search and look for answers through people. I placed it before the Lord. I did not really talk to anybody else about it. I just said, Lord, you're going to have to back it up. And then we'll, we'll get into all the different ways that he speaks. And then two dreams happened with two different people. And I knew that it was the Lord confirming for me. So even when God gives you some instructions, like when God says something to you, he's going to confirm it, right? He's got, he always, and you can ask him for the multitude of witness, or you can go seek out wise counsel. And many of us sometimes are too prideful to seek out wise counsel because we know wise counsel may combat what we want to do or what we feel. So we, we just, we don't go start searching for answers through people. God will bring you the answer you need. God presents. You think you heard the Lord say something? Okay, father, I truly believe that you heard me see this. This is what the Lord loves. The Lord loves for us to ask him for help, right? So Lord, I need this. I don't get this. I understand this. I'm leaving this with you. Help me with this. I just did this with something else that I need an answer on, right? So I'm asking the Lord, bring me revelation. And then I got one of my prayer partners because the Lord told me to tell her, hey, I need you to pray with me on this because there's something I need to know here that I'm missing, right? And then now I'm waiting on the Lord to bring me confirmation. And she prayed another piece for it. She was like, Lord, bring it to her audibly of what she needs to know, right? And so, so, and so we have to, we've got to, we miss the leading of the Lord often thinking it's our own thoughts, right? Thinking our, our own thoughts because we won't pause because we won't delight ourselves in the Lord. Psalms 37 and four says, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart, right? So God is going to give you the desires of your heart, which will become his desires. But I got to delight in him. I got to take a position in him where I'm standing still enough, right? And I'm letting, and then we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to, and then I'm letting the peace of God rule my own heart. So let me give you one of the very first ways that God speaks to us. God speaks to us in the written word. God speaks to us through scripture. So if I'm not eating the word heavily, <laughs> if I'm not reading my Bible heavily, then when I'm praying and I'm looking for God to speak, I'm not going to have a biblical answer. And can we be honest for a second? Most of us don't want sometimes for certain situations, biblical answers. And the reason that we don't want biblical answers is because those answers are going to push us into a direction of something we may not want to let go of, right? Meditate on my laws day and night. God always speaks through scriptures. Timothy tells us all scripture is breathed by God. All scriptures is breathed by God. All scriptures. So if all scriptures are breathed by God, God's number one way to talk to us that's not diluted with anything as through the word of God, right? 
the God has exalted his word about above any name that Psalms 138 and two. This is this, this word tells us about his integrity. The word tells us what he said. God will speak to us through his word. His word is true, right? But if you, even if you stumble on a verse, I, I always pray and ask, can I share something with you? I remember when I was asking the Lord, should I get married again? Because my resolve after my husband died was I was not getting married again. My heart was broke. My heart was hurt. I was not interested in marriage. Marriage wasn't, I didn't want to be in that position again. I was very broken. And I kept feeling like the Lord was saying to me, Lakeisha, you need to prepare to get married again. So I sat down in my room and I positioned myself before the Lord in prayer. And I said, Father, I need you to show me if you're telling me I need you and I want you to, you want me to get married again. You're going to have to show this to me. I had never read this scripture before. I was, um, I was laying there. I didn't know this scripture, right? I had no idea the scripture even existed in the Bible. I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be honest. And so I kept hearing him take me to a verse and it said, young widows should get married. So I went over to first Timothy. I researched it five fourteen, and it says, so I advise the younger widows to marry, have children and manner their households. So they will not give the adversary and an occasion for slander. When he said that I took that scripture and I began to meditate on that scripture. He gave me a second verse. He took me to Genesis and he said, it is not good for man to be alone. <laughs> It is not good a man for a man to be alone. I wanted, I created a, you to be a helpmate, right? That was the second time he gave me that word. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust. And then this is what I did next, right? I ain't going to tell you all I did, but this is what I had to learn to do next in my spiritual maturity. I had to submit what he was saying to me back to him. And then I had to say in your time, in your way, in your direction. And then I took myself off the table and I'm not going to try to make it happen. I'm going to let him lead it to happen because if I try to make it happen, I'm going to jack it up and I'm probably going to yoke up with someone that my flesh wants versus yoking up with the best person that God has for me in my spirit, right? Or that he has for me to be in ministry and a mission with. And so I had to submit it back to him and say, you know what, if you're telling me this, then you're going to give, you're going to cause our paths to come. You're going to cause favor to come. I don't have to make this happen. I don't have to make this relationship. I don't have to set myself out there. I don't have to do an extreme makeover. I don't have to do absolutely anything. And it took me a minute to get to that point. I ain't always been here. Don't let me, I was a hot mess in the in-between. <laughs> but I began to realize that when God speaks to us, it is not for us to make it happen. He will give us the wisdom. He will give us the knowledge. He will give us the understanding. He will give us the direction and he will cause favor to go, go before us. That's good. <laughs> that's good. That's it. We're going to pause right there. That, that's good. So the first way we learn to hear him speak is we learn him to speak through scripture, right? And after he speaks to us through scripture, we will submit it back to him, right? And then everything else in his, is in his timing and not in our way and not in our way, right? And not in our way. Um, let me give you one more scripture. It says Isaiah 55 and eight says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways, right? Jeremiah 33 and three call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known, right? Call to me and I'm going to answer you. Um, John 8 and 47, whoever is of God, hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. So if I'm not hearing, I'm not positioning myself to hear Isaiah 30, 21, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. When you turn to the right 
or when you turn to the left, right? John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. One more Luke 11 and 28 says, but he said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So if I hear the word of God, I'm going to keep it right. And then Hebrews 4 and 12. Y'all know I love scripture for, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing the division of the soul and of the spirit of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. See, the word of God will help you discern the intentions of your heart. So when I use the word as my backup, then I put myself in the position that the enemy can't tell me because the word of God is going to help me discern with whether or not what's being said to me is a spiritual truth and what God is saying to me in this season. That's good. Holy Spirit, I hope you are pleased. I hope you are pleased. Lord, is there anything else for your people? Can I do two things? I want to do two things and then we're going to pray and get out of here. One, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want to introduce you to him. I was not this way. I was not this girl. I'm not even going to cry. I was not this person. I was not this person. I was not. 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 And there are still things in me that I have to submit to Jesus. I was not this person. I was not. I was not. My begin. My truth began at Jesus. And actually for me, my truth began at Jesus when I was 27 because I went back and got baptized again because between the time I was baptized between eight and 27, something else had went on. So all my truth began at Jesus. And when I decided to make Jesus Christ Lord and savior over my life, he just began to turn my life over and he began to just show me things that I didn't know about God and show me things about my relationship with Jesus. So I want to extend to you the opportunity to make Jesus Christ as Lord and savior over your life is the best decision you make. I don't care what anybody else tells you. It is the most wonderful decision you'll make. All you got to do is admit I'm a sinner. Lord, I'm in need of a savior and I'm asking you to come into my life and Holy Spirit. I'm asking you to help me in Jesus name. Amen. And if you'll do that, and then let us continue. Let me disciple you. I would love to continue to disciple you and stay connected to this devotional. Each day you'll grow in grace and more in the things of God. Second thing I'm going to ask you is, will you consider to partner with this ministry? Will you just pray and ask God, Lord, do you want me to be in partnership with this ministry on a consistent basis? And if God speaks to your heart, just get calm. Just get quiet for just the next section. Second, if God speaks to your heart and say, you know what? You need to be partnering with that ministry. That ministry is getting the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the world. They're, they're taking care of the poor. They're taking care of the widows. I want you to partner this ministry. Will you sow a seed into the ministry today? Or will you sign up for monthly partnership? They're dropping all the information below. But don't let this time pass you right don't let this fine time pass you consider becoming a get, get a partner of this ministry your partnership helps us get the gospel throughout the world now let me pray for you father god i thank you for the word today i thank you for your people today i thank you for your grace i thank you for your mercy i thank you for giving us eyes to see and ears to hear so that we learn to discern the voice of god my god we submit our receivers to you today let us slow down. Let us be still. Let us not be so busy, Lord God, that we're missing you in truth. Quicken us, Holy Spirit, so that we're able to walk in the fullness of who you called us to be. Bless the giving of your people today. Let it be multiplied and increased. My God, double the double. <laughs> Double the double over their lives. Double the double over the partnerships. Increase, 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 I hear the Lord say. Increase, 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 I hear the Lord say. In Jesus' name, amen. I love y'all. Be back here in the morning, 5 a.m. Bring somebody else in. Ladies, don't forget, it's Ladies Bible Study tonight. Pillow Talk is sold out. No more Pillow Talk. Love y'all so much. Love you. Peace and blessings. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.